I want you to say to yourself, I deserve this. I love it. I am nature's greatest miracle. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. Now you said that that was a, that that he's one of your favorite one-offs. Carl, Carl, absolutely. All right. Uh, we'll I d- would rank him slightly below no Hank way. Scorpio. No way. Absolutely. That far? I okay. love him. I think he's so funny. <laughs> I think Harvey Fierstein does a great job. That was Firestein. Yeah, was whatever. Like, like a like a flame. Like yeah, actually like a like, like a flaming I know, I know person. It's, I know it's spelled. Is that what like, you're trying to say? Yes, Greg. Yes. All yeah. right. Uh, two bad neighbors. Yeah, welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. My name is here, Alan, and I'm Greg, and we're going to be talking about three episodes of The Simpsons, season two. Season two. We finally we made, made it. it. We finally made it. We made it through We've the dog days. We climbed through the muck, and my God, it's better no, it's already. Glorious. It's so it's much so better. Nice. Um, it's, it's everyone has a good time. <laughs> there's laughter. There's, there's laugh, laughter afoot. There's there's fun to be had. Um, but before we get into anything, uh, I think we have to do, uh, corrections and omissions. Corrections and omissions with two bad neighbors. We're gonna correct the things we said last time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't really have any corrections. Um, but I, I did have, I, we do have an answer. Um, an omission, if you will. Yeah. An answer to something that we were wondering. Cause you were wondering if they had established Krusty as being Jewish at the point in um, the season where he got busted, mm-hmm. and Krusty gets busted. Correct. Um, so our um, one of our listeners, David Sibley, um, has actually written in with uh, I think is a really good answer. Yeah. Um, and he says it's almost entirely certain that Krusty was not established as Jewish yet. Krusty has a hankering for pork products here. Uh, it's an in-show advertisement, and Krusty seems like a character who isn't strict with his religion, Yeah, obviously. Regardless, it seems strange for the Simpsons to completely ignore something like that if it had been established. They exactly. definitely would have made a exactly. joke about it. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. definitely the argument of, well, no, he isn't eating the pork products. Yeah. But, like Dave says, they would, they would call attention to the fact that he's... Um, uh, promoting pork yeah. products as a Jewish person, yeah. If they establish him as Jewish, so yeah, I think that's fair. It's something I completely uh, missed missed the mark on when we were discussing it last time. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I, I didn't. I'm either. not Jewish, for the record. Neither. Uh, uh, not even half Jewish. So, but you know, um, let's ask our guest I if eat he pork, is. Is what I'm saying. Let's let's ask our guest if he is. Oh, we have a, we have a guest with us today. We do. Um, I was going to introduce him like about at the end of the episode. Yeah. But then I thought, see how long he sat there listening to yeah. us without saying anything. Yeah, he's being very polite <laughs> right very now. Polite guest. <laughs> um, this is so different than the Cinepals. It's so great. Like we have like some sort of a uh, uh, etiquette mm. or protocol, mm-hmm. and our guest just won't chime in until they're introduced. <laughs> I'm not going to push this anymore. James Wade, everybody. 
Hello. <laughs> I think maybe he's not polite and just very timid. Uh, I think that's it's, probably more it's uh, very accurate. possible. But Ryan didn't chime in until he was introduced either. Ryan's also a timid man. That's fair. We got to get suppose. some uh, some firecracker. On I guess the, the I guess I guess the ultimate test is like Allie. We get Allie, Allie or uh, Kyle Collins. Kyle, yeah, that would that be one. He would be a firecracker. Yeah. Also, yeah. you just like you like yell something right off the bat that I don't understand until you're partway into the quote and it just oh. like, scared me. Gotcha. <laughs> he didn't even know we were recording. Oh, you didn't realize that was yeah. a quote? Oh, you're just yelling at me. Oh, yeah. Well, I do do that, so. Yeah, yeah. so. That's true. fair. <laughs> so, here we are. Yeah. Season two, guys. Season wow. two. What Simpsons. a long, strange trip it's been. It's really weird. I only um, watched three episodes. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, before we get into it, though, um... I just want to say that Alan and I, before you got here, actually watched some extra... Season 1 special features. Yeah, some Season Ah. 1 special features, and there were uh, quote-unquote outtakes on it from from the episode. Some Enchanted Evening. Yeah. Um, The Babysitter Bandit episode. I don't know if you've ever seen what animated dog shit looks like. (laughs) Does it look like the Babysitter Bandit? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, it does. Um... But you know what? We've we've ragged on that episode. I just like if if for some reason you do have season one on DVD, listen to the commentary. Yes, the commentary. They have a commentary of those outtakes with uh, Matt Groening, James L. Brooks, uh, David Silverman, and Al Jean. Al Jean. Yes, and they basically just ha- just mutter expletives <laughs> for most of it. Like you just go, oh boy. Oh, oh, oh gee whiz. Gee whiz, this oh, is bad. Oh, my. <laughs> and before the end of the outtakes, which is no more than five minutes long. Yeah, it's very short. James L. Brooks gets up and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> they comment on how James is just getting up and leaving the commentary. It's pretty funny. It's a miracle that this is on the DVD. I'm oh, so great. happy it is. They even say, they're like, if you're watching this at home, you can stop anytime. <laughs> It's so... It's very... It's great. It's... Oh, my God. Just... It's better than the episode. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, what episodes did we watch today, guys? James, do you know? I don't know the titles of any of these, except, what, Treehouse of Horror 1? Yep. Close. Treehouse Close. of Horror. Yeah. Treehouse of Horror. Yeah. Not, doesn't even have a one yet, because yeah. they don't know if it's going to be a... Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Tradition. But it was the first one, so, yeah. yeah. We have Treehouse of Horror... Going backwards, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Trails of Horror, Simpson and Delilah, uh-huh. and Bart gets an F. Yes. Ah, yeah. like Samson and Delilah, hair. You got Samson. it. You got it. That's a, that, that's, is, that is the reference. That's a, ref- that's a reference I never got as a child. <laughs> no, I mean... I was like, like who's Delilah? Why but, is there no Delilah in this episode? <laughs> well, that's me and like 70% of the references from The Simpsons. Mm. Uh, as a kid, I'm just like, this is a thing. And then it's yeah. just like in my head. Yeah, I think we've discussed that on, uh, either on the podcast or just in person. Um, well, let's do it again time, if we... But yeah, a lot of Simpsons references to uh, movies, TV shows, etc., etc. I thought, I didn't realize were references. And so because of that, mm. you know, a lot of the Citizen Kane stuff with Mr. Burns, uh, mm. a lot of um, Godfather, they do a lot of Godfather references on The Simpsons. All that kind of stuff, when I saw growing up, I never uh, made the connection because I hadn't seen those things. And so to me, it was just, wow, The Simpsons has a very unique, like, <laughs> joke style. Like, yes. certain things were, were just like, what a strange way to do that joke, but it, I love it. Like, when Bart gets hit by a bunch of snowballs and it parodies the 
uh, the toll booth scene in oh, Godfather. Yeah. He, you know, he gets hit uh, and he like kind of like shakes and stops and falls over. And I was just like, whoa, like that's intense. And, you know, years later, I, I see The Godfather, and I'm like, oh, that's the thing from The Simpsons that I saw. Sometimes I could tell that there was a reference, but I didn't know didn't what from it was. That. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah, like, there's just certain things where it's like, this has to be yeah, a reference. No way, that's just like something Like, the original. bathroom. Right. I still don't know what it's a reference to. Uh, I, I read it, but I forget already. Okay. <laughs> but, like, uh, if you haven't seen uh, 2001 Space Odyssey, like, just watching that Simpsons episode, you're thinking, yeah. what is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, you'll never get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, let's talk about Bart Gets an F. Bart Gets an F. Couchboard gags. Couchboard gags. I hey, will... guess what? We got, a we new got some new couch gags. We got a new couch gag. <laughs> we got a new couch gag, everyone. I was a little confused why you're so happy when I fell through the floor. I'm like, that's not that creative. <laughs> it's not. Compared to season one, it is uh, Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel. <laughs> it's just and it's it's just different. Yeah, you know, like it's just something new. You're just they, like, oh, they're they're gonna try now. Yeah, they changed it, and the opening sequence doesn't look weird. Lisa isn't riding home from from school like she has a banjo <laughs> on her bike. I think I wrote that down as a note in every single episode <laughs> on season one. The season one opening credits, her saxophone case looks like it's a banjo case. <laughs> there's no reason for it, and there's no reason for me to bring it up, do you... <laughs> but it bothered me. Do you think me. it's just because the animators were not musical people? I just, they just think they wanted her... Instrument cases look the same. No, I just don't think they wanted to animate... A saxophone case. And so they I, gave her a banjo. I think they gave her a banjo case because okay. it's easier to animate. <laughs> I wonder if everyone's, anyone's ever thought of just like an all-purpose music case where it's just like a, a box. box. Just a box. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I mean, those exist. They're just suitcases. Right. But I see what you're saying. No, one, no one designs them specifically in. for I those. I put my banjo yeah. in. I put my guitar. <laughs> I just sling them over my back. <laughs> Whatever instrument I'm into at the time, I can use this. Cello, no problem. <laughs> it's right in there. It's a, it's a, it's one of those Harry Potter bags. You just, oh, it's magic now. Right okay. yeah. I was picturing a, just a giant, just box. a big, just a big. I was case. picturing big one of the bags or like the, you know, the sword that Gryffindor, sort of Gryffindor, where that comes out of. That was pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bark gets an F. I will not encourage others to fly. It's kind of scary. <laughs> Yeah. So presumably, Bart has been telling other kids to jump off the roof yeah. of the school. Because they could fly. they could fly. And presumably succeeded. And <laughs> succeeded to convince someone to yes. do it at least <laughs> once. And they're probably crippled or dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd lean towards crippled as Bart is not in prison. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, and, and then, of course, the couch falls through the the floor. That's right, yes. That's... They get on the couch and it falls through the floor. Yeah. Hilarity ensues. Yeah. So, James, what's this episode about? I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> I was just preparing in my mind. Um, it's about Bart is not a good student because right. he likes to have fun and... Mm -hmm. uh, Who doesn't, you know? Yeah, exactly. He procrastinates a lot, but then... Plays video games at the, at the local video arcade. Yeah. For yeah. our listeners who are, are young... A video arcade is a place that people used to go to to play video games. We didn't have our Xbox machines in our houses. If you're listening back in my day. <laughs> is this another episode of Back in My Day? 
Hi, welcome to another episode of Back in My Day. I'm your host, Greg. And with me today, I have two guests, James and Alan. They're both old. Yeah. Or than me. I'm the oldest. Yeah, it's pretty great. So, Alan, you're pushing 30. Yeah, in a week. In a week. This is the last five days of my 20s, everybody. So, what do you remember about back in your day? Well, you see, back in my day, there was a little place in uh, the place I grew up in, mm-hmm. Lethbridge, Alberta. Sure. Called Rainbow Recreation. I've been. Did you been there? Did, Did you been there? <laughs> That's how we used to speak too. Back in my day, that was, grammar was just out the window. Did you been to Rainbow today? <laughs> I get got there. <laughs> I used to get so I, Slurpees and oh. play pool there for hours. Oh, nice! You didn't play the video games? I wasn't really much of an arcade guy. Back in my day, I was an arcade guy. What was uh, your game of choice? Uh, you know, I loved the beat-em-ups, uh, such as Battletoads, mm, and, mm. uh, the X-Men game, X-Men right. arcade game. Sure, sure. Uh, and, to tie it in, there was a Simpsons arcade game. Was this tapped out? No. <laughs> no, you're thinking this of is an the iPhone That's the, game. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, this is back in your back day. Back in yeah. my day. Yeah, right, you right. Played, you're the young one, you played right, Simpsons yeah. tapped out. I played tapped out, you It was a Simpsons arcade game where they had a lot, it was, it must have been early in the Simpsons run. Because they have a lot of season one characters and references. Mm-hmm. Black Smithers is in it. For that one was thing. a mistake, really? <laughs> oh my god! If I remember correctly, maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I'm pretty sure I know Smithers is in it. He's the he's the basically there's a diamond that he's trying to get, and it he runs into uh, Smithers is, is a thief in this one for some reason. So anyway, okay. he steals a diamond. He runs into the Simpson family, and like the, the bag flies up, and the diamond falls into Maggie's mouth. And it's like her, her pacifier. And so instead of just being like, oh, give me that diamond back, baby, he takes the baby and runs away. So that's the game. Is your oh, you have to get Meg. Oh, get I Maggie played back. this game. I did too. Yeah. yeah. And like there, you could play as one of the four Simpsons characters. Homer used his fist. It was basically. Marge used a vacuum cleaner. Right. Lisa used a whipping rope. I mean, <laughs> not a whipping rope, but a jumping skipping rope. rope. And, yeah. and Bart used a skateboard. skateboard. Yeah. yeah. And it was basically a reskinning of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, it was it was the same uh, classic arcade setup of beat em up, a beat em up yeah. side scroller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was actually fun. I liked that game. Yeah, I love I love those games. Uh, those were the games I liked to play because, especially when I was there with my pals, with my buds, yeah. with, my, with my cohorts. Sure, we'd go there. We'd pop some quarters in the old machine and uh, play until our fingers bled. Right like on. the pinball wizard. Um, back in my day, Meanwhile. the Who was a band. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was over in the pool hall learning to grift. That's right. <laughs> Grifty McSharksmith, that we used to call him. They weren't very inventive with their nicknames. Nope, not at all. I was, I was running the old steel change from his pockets. <laughs> Scam. Or I would say, look over there, then fish in their pockets. I have very, very girlish fingers. Often I had to run. <laughs> So this episode is written by David M. Stern. Who? David M. Stern. It's his first episode. Okay. Is it his last? I don't think so. All right. Yeah. Um, And it's directed by, who else? David Silverman. Ah, what a guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, So this, like the the premise of the episode is super simple as we were going over beforehand. By the way, that was an episode of Back in My Day. We're back to Too Bad No Neighbors again. Too Bad Nobers. Too Bad. I I took some of the grammar from your day. Um... (laughs) So here we are, and the basic premise is Bart is failing grade 
four. Yes. And he cannot get another F. If he does, he He'll will be held back. The fourth grade. Yeah. Repeat Ironically, he's been grade. held back for what, like twenty six years. Twenty six years. Yeah. 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 But you know, is that irony, James, or is it just sad? I don't know what irony means. I don't either. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you would know. Uh, <laughs> contradiction. Um, so, uh, we have ourselves our, of course, we've already talked about our new opening sequence. And in the vein of talking about um, what Bart does with his time and talking about arcade games, we have one of the, uh, one of, one of the better, I think, uh, fake games that comes out of, and one of the first fake games that comes out of The Simpsons, and it's Escape from Grandma's House. That's right, yeah. And it's hilarious. Yeah. It's like, oh no, she's kissing me! Oh no! <laughs> Go in the closet! There's ghoulies in the closet or something, I can't remember. Yeah. Do you guys want to guess my favorite Simpsons fake arcade game? Is it, um, is it Catfight? T- no. Is it My Dinner with Andre? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Glib remark. Tell me more. <laughs> bon <mo. laughs> That is a crazy reference. That's like, a great. That's a great. That, I I love that one. Yeah. Uh, second time that that uh, that we've re- referenced that joke on the show so far. My dinner with Andre. Yeah, the my dinner with Andre game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't um, remember what we referenced already. I just remember that one. Okay. Um, and we also get an itchy and scratchy episode. In this one. Oh, yeah. Which is, again, probably Schwarzwalder. Um, he likes to do that. Well, you know, Schwarzwalder. <laughs> you have no idea who he is. <laughs> Next time, we should just make up a name and just put useless information in James's head. William Wingert. <laughs> Billy Sandwich wrote this episode. <laughs> Tuna Fish Carl. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so... Shirley Kelp. I'm on a fish thing yeah, right now. Fish names. <laughs> all fish names. All fish names all the time. Um, so, yeah, Bart basically decides he, he wants... Like, he doesn't want to repeat the fourth grade. Oh, who does? As much as he likes fun. He yeah. also wants to... So he, so he decides to buckle down and, and try and actually pass his test. And he enlists, he enlists the aid. Mr. Martin Prince. Yeah. Oh, God. No, Martin Prince. That's right. later. Sorry. Yeah. You're going. Doing, you're getting ahead of us, James. You want to. You want to come back. <laughs> I'm trying to be a bad neighbor like you guys. You're being too bad of a neighbor. Okay. Uh, it's actually probably my favorite part of the episode. Um, him and Martin. Martin yeah. Him teaching Martin how to be bad. Yeah, well. and Martin's uh, crazed transition into a prankster. Oh yeah, his like out of breath speech after they water balloon the girls or whatever. Yeah, uh, no, they they what do you, he pushes a uh, the the giddy thrill of pushing a boy into the girls' locker oh, right. into yeah, the yeah. girls' restroom and it not being him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's never felt so alive. <laughs> uh, this is undoubtedly the first time I've seen that comic tee up. Like nerd mm. helps popular kid and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. And this is this might be the first time I've seen it go so horribly wrong. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. No, I mean nobody dies. I haven't seen anybody die in other ones. Like, well, like, are you talking about? You're a lucky man. Oh wow. Okay, never mind. Um, so, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what movie is this? Mean Creek. Elf. Elf. Talking, yes. We're talking about Will Ferrell's Elf. Mean Creek. Always wanted to see you, that. Elf. you haven't seen Mean Creek? No. That doesn't surprise me. It's 
not as a sequel to Mean Streets. It's not very popular. Oh, I know of it though. I know, I know. Yeah, I figured you. <laughs> I figured you know of it. It's like, well, it's it's a huge downer. Is the yeah. reason, right? It's like, it's a good movie. Like, it's really well done and all that. But it's like the subject matter is just really hard to come to terms with. Is it David Gordon Green? I don't remember. Okay. I can't remember honestly. Um, so we were talking about The Simpsons, though. Yes. Uh, I find it interesting that Bart only respects Otto. It's like as far as adults go, like one of the one of the only people that he sees on a regular basis. It's Otto that he respects, right? Because he he always lets them flip the bus on. Yeah, try, I try think, to flip the bus. On, yeah, I mean on that's a turns. that's a that's a classic precocious child. Oh yeah, thing, you know. Like, yeah, I like that a lot. Like the the adults who impose some authority on him he's not gonna like but any adult who basically acts like a child aka yeah. auto man yeah he's gonna yeah. enjoy <laughs> but it's also in that very scene where he where like when Otto says it's the best thing that happened to me and now i drive the school That's bus great. right That's my favorite line of the episode <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> now i drive the school bus <laughs> like it's, it's a good auto. accomplishment thank yeah. you uh, but I think that that's without that inflection, <laughs> it's different. It's true. Yeah, yeah. that—that's the moment where Bart's like, "I don't really want to be like him," mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's one of the things that I think helps him buckle down, where he loses a little respect for Otto right there. That's right. Like, he sees the perspective of it. Um, also, this episode puts into like stark realization just how much um, the Simpsons puts authority figures under a microscope and then kicks them. Mm. Right, like um, Lauren J. Lauren Pryor, the Doctor J. Doctor oh, yeah. J. Yeah, and um, Mrs. Krabappel <laughs> or Crandall. Um, <laughs> they they are just the worst in that scene where essentially they gang up on Bart. Right, they bring Bart in to talk to his parents about why he's doing so poorly, and then they just gang up on him, and Bart just breaks down in front of them, and, and it's like, okay, you want me to say it? I'm stupid. Yeah. Right? I find that kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple moments like that in this episode. Yeah. I think it fits really well with Bart's character there, in that moment, where mm-hmm. he, he re- like, he's not, he's not stupid in the sense that he doesn't understand how things work. Yeah. And it's not, it's not the classic, you know, if he only applied himself... He'd do better. He actually has a fundamental learning problem. Yeah, he does. Like he he has an issue. He has a he has trouble understanding things. We saw it in the first season mm-hmm. with um, Bart the Genius, where he's trying to understand the math problem and he just can't figure it out in his head. Yeah, that's not a you know that's not a knock on him just being a an idiot. Not oh oh who's at the door? Oh, I think that's my food. Who's at the door? It's the Pizza Man. Is this an episode of Pizza Man? It is an episode of Pizza Man. We'll see if he wants to come in. I am not going to be the one to ask the pizza man to sit down in our podcast. No, me neither. That would be really awkward. Um, is, did you already pay for it? Yeah, I paid online. Oh, you did? It wasn't What did pizza. you get? I got a little, uh, it's like a, I don't even know what it is. Well, find out, because this is an episode of Delivery Boy! <laughs> Really had to dig deep for that one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, so, what did the delivery boy bring you today? Well, I got uh, looks like a potato salad. Okay. Of some kind. Right. So, oh. A potato salad that looks more just like potatoes. It's potatoes. Yeah. Well, jumble. That's what a potato salad is. Salad. Potato. Well, yeah. I mean, usually you there's put it, you put it on a plate. No, and it's I, a salad. There's stuff on it usually. Potato jumble. 
Well, it's not like a like a mayonnaise potato salad. It's like a I don't a Persian. So I, I would say this is an unruined potato Let's take a look salad. Let's look. Oh yeah, you got Here we some go. uh, coconut rice. You got some spicy naan bread. Fantastic. And you got this some looks chicken and some amazing. Beef. Did you order this from the Himalayan? No. Uh, let me find the Himalayan's better. It's uh, called Mazaya. Where's that? Uh, it's in Calgary. <laughs> Is, but is it is it like close to your place? It's it's fairly close. It's like just cool. off Crowchild and don't, um, don't don't tell people where you live. Don't oh, give away the location. Crowchild's a pretty big street in Calgary. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> so it's true. I think we're okay. I think we are. I stopped you just in time. I think most of the people who <laughs> yeah. listen to this probably already know where I live. So that's a good point. We call in favors every week to get the view <laughs> count up. <laughs> um, uh, I ordered this while we were watching the episodes. And whilst I really, uh, this is my first time using skipthedishes.ca, by the way. Oh. Maybe we can get them as a sponsor. Uh, Probably not, but <laughs> go for it. Give them the free shout out anyway. <laughs> the, uh, the Too Bad Neighbors bump. Yeah. Um, Everybody can use skip it. Skipthedishes.ca, uh, very easy to navigate website, uh, very easy to choose a restaurant close to you, and then uh, put your food order in and pay for it online. So that all you have to worry about is just answering the door when the food arrives. What a service. It's pretty great. That is pretty I great. I will say, because it's a service that uh, restaurants can choose to opt into, mm-hmm. so every restaurant is going to be different with their delivery time and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. this one took just under an hour, mm-hmm. which isn't terrible by any means. No. But uh, I definitely uh, was hoping to get it while we were watching the episode so I could eat it then. Sure, sure, sure. Now it's going to go cold. Because you kind of do have to... I kind of have to talk. You kind of have to really, talk. can't yeah. really eat it. Long. Yeah, I mean, I like, talk. you could... Um... I'm going to put the lid on. Yeah. Do you guys know the uh, Don't Cook, Just Eat ad campaign? You see a lot of stickers on, like, restaurant doors that say Don't Cook, Just Eat.ca. They had, like, these really weird commercials for a while where, like, a man would be at home, like, cooking a nutritious meal for himself, and he'd get, like, a like a bang on his, like, patio window, and there'd be a bunch of, like, cooks, like a like a... Italian stereotype like menacing him with a butcher knife and stuff and oh it says God. like don't cook just eat and it just made me not want to go to restaurants more because they all look really scary anyway yeah looks like I've wandered into an episode of the barley butt <laughs> looks like it's about to happen <laughs> uh oh oh mercy what did you get a blonde. You got a blonde. I We're drinking had, beer. I only had by two the way. whites. Yeah, so. Very cool. Very. This is, this is a very. This is a very uh, casual episode. It of is. Two bad neighbors. This is a very casual episode. <laughs> but I think uh, oh. this episode has become the barley buds. <laughs> what are we drinking today, Greg? We are drinking Rickards. I'm assuming you bought yourself a pack, like a variety. Yeah, pack? I got the uh, summer taster pack. Oh, yum! So you got white, white, blonde, blonde and. Uh, Grapefruit. Really? I can't remember what it's called, but it's a grapefruit-flavored one. Oh, okay. Um, the only thing I'll say about that one, it's quite delicious. Yeah? It's 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 a low-alcohol content beer. Yeah. So it tastes really good, but it's only like 3.2%. So what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. Um, this one so is 5.4. Raucous 5.4. Almost 4. twice yeah. the amount. Yeah. So strap in, gentlemen. <laughs> I've got a Rickards Blonde, and just like the song, it just wants to have fun. Uh... <laughs> Blondes what? want to have fun? Oh, girls. You think yeah. of girls in general. <laughs> I forgot the song. 
but just like Good the try, movie, though. gentlemen prefer it. Damn it. That's the that's what Damn it should have done. That's what it should have Oh dear. I'm man. truly not a real barley bud yet. No. Um, you're, you're getting there. Yeah. Let's let's see. Um <laughs> If it was a records girl <laughs> make it the joke. <laughs> You came out swinging and whiffing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just, oh man, struck out. Oh, sorry, James. Uh, are we are we talking about the Simpsons or it's this? Are are we done? Okay, here's what I want to say. Where about was I? This episode specifically. Or sure. Maybe Alan was in the middle of the thought. Yeah, but then I went and got food, and it was a whole thing. So I think yeah. I think I've I've relinquished that. Usually this episode made me think about, and from season one as well, but especially these first two, it made me think about how when I watch animated family shows today, like Family Guy or American Dad or, you know, whatever Seth MacFarlane is producing these days, everything is, um... Top quality entertainment, that's what he's producing. Ah! Uh, yeah! <laughs> Sorry, go on. Like, I'm not going to say that it's all terrible, but it's, it's all very cynical mm-hmm. compared to what's here in The Simpsons and what's... What I remember about The Simpsons is often the great jokes, but when I'm rewatching these episodes, I'm realizing that they all like have a real heart. Yes. They are all trying to say something sort of universal that everyone can get on board with, and they're not like they're not sort of embarrassed to embrace sentiment. And that's really what I'm appreciating about some of these episodes. I agree. I think that's what set Simpsons apart when it first uh, started, and I think because things like Family Guy, Futurama. Um, name any cartoon current cartoon South Park that kind of embrace the more surreal nature of of comedy yeah uh, kind of force the Simpsons to adapt into that style and I think that's a yeah. big failing um, of the Simpsons later years is that it felt that it needed to embrace that style but it's funny because the Simpsons uh, absolutely influenced every one of those shows you could name mm-hmm. but then uh, most of them didn't really want that part of it is that sentiment they always sort of wink at it it's always sort of just like a, a button on the story it doesn't really it's not meant to be there to affect you right whereas on early simpsons it absolutely does yeah. yeah yeah and yeah this episode in particular is a good example of that it has one of my favorite endings of the simpsons um because it delves into that where bart tries his best mm-hmm and still fails and he has that realization of wow like even like i i thought that i was just being a, a dumb kid yeah and you know i could be like martin if i wanted to be yeah. but no i can't i legitimately tried and i fucked up yeah and it's it's really heartbreaking it is um it's it's so hard seeing a kid who's in who's 10 years old be hit with that realization mm-hmm. yeah right because that's such an early age to have to deal with that. But I think, to some degree, most people do. I mean, Bart, uh, with that test, was me in math for all of my adolescence. Mm, yeah. Like, I studied really hard, and I barely squeaked by. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm I, right there with you. I'm, there were certain things that I just didn't get. Yeah. Um, and it's mostly math. Yeah. I, I was really good at math. <laughs> Great. Moving on. I can't relate to you guys. Next episode. <laughs> in this, in this, this episode just uh, flew over my head. <laughs> Interesting. Just dummy. Interesting thing about this one. Um, this is this is the season one. This sorry, season two premiere episode. Um, yep. It was the first episode of The Simpsons that was moved to the Thursday night time slot. The Covenant. Uh, 
Not really, because they put them in direct competition with the Cosby Show, Mm -hmm. which was the biggest thing on air at the time. Mm. Um, But it actually became the highest rated Simpsons episode in history. Wow. And has not been beaten. Quick, can you name three Cosby characters? Hutton. (laughs) Fluxum. (laughs) And Bolton. (laughs) That is absolutely incorrect. (laughs) Darn it. It was very close. Cliff? Yep. That's so Raven? No. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. <laughs> oh, and the dog that talks. The... <laughs> Alf. Alf, it's the Alf. dog that talks, yes. Fat uh... Albert! <laughs> is he not in the Cosby show? I think he's Ife from... is fuming right now, by the way, <laughs> if he's listening to this. Is it from Good Times? I don't know American television. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't know American know, television? There's no Canadian television? So like you... being, oh, yeah. being Erica? I'm and... an expert on being Erica. Flashpoint. Heartland. Slings and arrows. <laughs> I've seen every Northern Exposure. Rookie ever. Blue. <laughs> Let's talk about Murdoch that. Mysteries. Just refer have, to you, my, have you DVR'd every Murdoch Mysteries? Did you try and solve the mysteries the before it's all actually? <laughs> it's called Republic of Podcast. <laughs> really bad really on the nose. It's a really bad title. <laughs> The podcast of Doyle. The podcast. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Have you been there? Um, did you been there? <laughs> so, um, so where were we? Um, Bart gets an F. Favorite joke of, oh. of the episode. Oh wait, firsts. Oh yeah, Diamond yeah, Joe Mr. Quimby. We got the mayor of Springfield yeah. for the Ooh. first time. First yeah. appearance. Yeah, uh, first without appearance. the sash, it should be noted. True. Yeah. Which is a character trait they added because they were worried people wouldn't know who he was. <laughs> so later appearances have him with a sash that says mayor. But he had the uh, in this case he had voice. And oh, yeah. in this case he also had the podium. Right. So people knew he was a mayor because the podium was there. Yeah. But later, if he doesn't have the podium, they're like, well, he'll he'll just look like a guy in a suit. We yeah, gotta give uh, him the mayor sash. He's got Dan Castellaneta's uh, best JFK impression. That's right. <laughs> or worst, I don't know. <laughs> Whichever you want to. Yeah. However you want categorize it uh i love it personally um, oh, me too. i have a potato yeah okay oh my god <laughs> um i asked if you wanted food earlier you said no so you had your own thing earlier what was your favorite joke um, a nice dinner together auto auto man yeah, yeah okay yeah uh mine was actually the extended snow day hey it was mm. mine too really yeah the extended snow day gag Oh man, I loved that. And it's a great example of that psychological phenomenon that Facebook has made a huge pain in the ass. It's the it's the culture of missing out. Oh, FOMO. Right? FOMO yeah. 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 What is the feeling of missing out? Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. Um and this is the like this is this is like all of your fears come to realization. You're missing out on the greatest day ever, right? <laughs> and he can oh, see you want to study. Yeah. What's that lesson teach your kids? Go outside. Don't study. Skip school. Be like Martin post-conversion. There's a couple uh, jokes in The Simpsons where Bart has to miss something, and it's the most amazing thing in the world, right? They go to the chocolate factory, and then there's others. (laughs) (laughs) And and it goes on from there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It goes on like this. Uh, Yeah, it's... uh, they, yeah, they go. To, they go to the chocolate factory. Oh, you can't see the itchy and scratchy movie. Okay, and it's the right. greatest movie yep. ever made. Yep. Right. Um, is chocolate factory the same one as when the same field trip where 
uh, I'm trying to remember the specific, but like Milhouse is is there, and he's like he's like, how do they get the uh, the sugar on it or something? He's like, put on, put this on, and follow me, and they go down the the poles. No, that's the salt. That's that's one of these at the cracker factory. Oh yes, the yeah, cracker. How factory. do they get the yeah, salt yeah. on it? Because they think, oh, the cracker factory will be boring. Yeah. and then right, yeah. right, right. The chocolate factory was in season one. We watched it a couple weeks ago. Oh, was it? I think so. Was it? I think so. Uh, I don't remember that. What episode, James? Well, there was the epi- well the episode where Helix. they the envelopes, envelopes, and then he gets to go. Amanda Garlic. Oh, that's not that's, season no, that's one. Bart the that's, murderer. That, that's yeah, that's Bart the murderer. That's season three. You probably just watched it because it's one you like because has Fat Tony in it. Yeah. Oh, it you does. know what? I have your cool. season three DVDs. There it is. Them. There <laughs> you go. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna need those back. Yeah. Before we get to season three. <laughs> I'm gonna stop two bad neighbors. And <laughs> I can't stand this show. Well, here's another new episode of Two Bad Neighbors. We still haven't watched any of season three because James hasn't given it back yet. Also, he's disappeared. <laughs> if so, you know the whereabouts of James Wade or my DVDs, <laughs> please call me. <laughs> Mostly the DVDs. If you find him in the trunk of a car, take the DVDs. You know what I always say. Possessions take priority. <laughs> Guys, this is really good. Is it? Yeah. What is, is that beef? This is beef. A curry beef? Uh, it was just like a kebab. Okay. What's the name of the restaurant? Uh, Mala... Ma, Mala... Ma, Mazaya. 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 Alright, keep it in mind. Simpson and Delilah. Shout out to Mazaya. Simpson and Mazaya. I mean... Shit. Uh, Simpson and Delilah. We, did we finish... I did. <laughs> I'm done. Where it gets an F, we're done with that one. Uh, I read somewhere that the Simpsons oh, are the most religious family on TV. Yeah, we've uh, we've we've spoken about that, and this is actually I'm glad you brought that up because this is two in a row mm. where that makes an appearance. Um, because Bart prays for an extra day to study, and he gets a snow day, right? Mm. And then the final line of the episode is part of this D minus belongs to God. Yeah. Right. And then um, Homer prays for a full head of hair for the Demoxenil to work, um, and he says, "Dear God, give a bald guy a break." And that's his and prayer. It works. And it works. And they both work. Like their their prayers are both, I guess, answered for. Yeah. Simpsons um, is really Christian propaganda when you think about it. When you think about it, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, in um, Bart, Bart gets an F. Uh, Lisa um, gets a moment. Of her character being on full fleshed out display uh-huh. when she stops Bart from going outside. Oh yeah, and she's like, "I'm no theologian," and uses big words. <laughs> also, she has that line where she sees Bart praying and says, "Prayer, the last refuge of the scoundrel." Yeah, yeah, I like that line. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, that's harsh and deep. <laughs> and we'll get another one of those. <laughs> In the next episode, <laughs> she has one of the best episodes in the in in Simpson and Delilah. I think one of the best episodes. She has, she has some kind of episode. Uh, one of the best lines, like a, like a mental episode. I meant lines. You knew it. So let's just all right. Let's not belabor the point. Yeah. Just wanted to riff a bit. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not in the mood. <laughs> need to. Uh, all, right. all right. Understood. Need to seal this up. <laughs> Need to move move things along here. Yeah. We're already running along. Yeah, we got um, a big one coming up. All right. So Simpson and Delilah. Tar is not a plaything. Couchboard gags. Couchboard gags. Tar is not a plaything. Tar is not a plaything. It most certainly isn't. I didn't laugh, but 
I mean, it's better than I will not throw <laughs> things at the teacher. Sure. They dance onto the couch. They do a little dance. They do a little dance. That like a little Egyptian dance. That one will be seen in syndication. Yes. All the time. Oh yeah. Because yeah. it's super fast. Yeah. And we can throw in more commercials that way. That's right. Oh, that's why. Okay. I also, like, also, it should be noted that when Homer runs away from the car in this episode, he has a different screen. Yes, he does. And and it's, it's like really fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's great because normally it's just like ah. Yeah. This time he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like he's actually fearing for his life, yeah. not just startled by the yeah. car. He's like, oh God, please don't kill me. <laughs> why do we do this every day? <laughs> Oh, uh, um, oh! Written oh. by written by John Vitti and uh, directed by Rich Moore. Mm. Um, John Vitti, veteran of the series already, having written a couple of uh, episodes already. Vini Vitti Vitti. Um, we have a the opening. The opening of the episode begins with uh, standard Simpson family at the TV watching TV, mm-hmm. and they get a, a great little TV gag in there with the grade school challenge. <laughs> yeah. And it's the first time that they use a joke involving the capital of North Dakota. Oh, is there other times? There is another time. Okay. It's in season 12. Oh. Um, we won't get to or that. Or it might be season 11. Whichever the episode Homer is in. Like H-O-M-R. Where he gets smart. Oh, the crayon one? The crayon That's one. late. That's, it's, That's it's like ele- 15. No, it's... No, it's not. Yeah. Homer gets smart? Yeah. I mean, no. Oh, yep. man. Oh, yeah. Really? Let me, is it let me 16? Clar- let me clarify so we don't have to do an episode of Corrections and Omissions. Okay. Okay. Um, but he has a... Well, Alan's doing that. He has the joke. When he gets smart, um, they he, he comes in and um, and the family asks him, Dad, uh, did, the, did the operation work? And he says, is the capital of North Dakota Bismarck? And, <laughs> and they look over at Lisa. It is. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a good joke. Uh, sorry. Greg is correct. It's 12th season. Oh! Oh! What? Is 12 not late? Oh! It is late, but well, he said 12 originally. Yeah, but I thought, I thought I said, it was much later. I said 12 the thing originally. Because the thing is, I, just a little background on my viewing of The Simpsons, on, in its airing, I watched it up to about season 12. Hmm. So it was around season 12 when I decided I wouldn't watch it anymore. I remember the episode, I think, when I stopped watching. And it might, there might, be, <laughs> might have been good ones after that, but I think it's where Homer becomes an outside artist. Oh, Yes. Uh, yeah. Makes the barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some good gags in it. But I Everything's thought... coming up, Millhouse. Is that in that? One? That's in oh, that that's one. The end of that one, right? Yeah. yeah. It's at the very end. With the, I hate these flood pants because he floods the town, right? That's yeah. Right. And his socks are wet, but his cuffs are bone dry. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's funny. <laughs> I mean it's the funniest part of the episode, so it can't be that great of an episode, um, except for the part where Homer runs. Like screams and runs the yeah the the umbrella into his massacre that's really grill. Good. <laughs> uh, and like the grill, what the hell is that? Uh, <laughs> I find all of that stuff funny. The episode kind of just falls flat at the end, though, um, except for Millhouse. Um, I so, like this episode. Yeah, what's this episode about, Alan? Simpson and Delilah. It's a story of Homer. Yep. Who is sick of being bald? Wouldn't you be? Probably. Yeah. So he happens to uh, catch a commercial for Panoxanil. Demoxanil. Thank Demoxanil. you. <laughs> Pax, Paxiderm. Um, per, peroxism. 
and Percocet. He... <laughs> oh, dark. And he wants to try it. It's mm-hmm. a new miracle health cure mm-hmm. or hair cure. Mm-hmm. And to do so, he needs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So he signs his uh, company's health plan mm-hmm. to it, or I'm, I don't know how he uses his health insurance to pay for it, which yeah. is basically fraud. Yeah, and it works. Yep, he gets a head of hair. Yep, it instantly makes him uh, successful in most aspects of his life, mm-hmm. which uh, is hilarious that Homer is only a failure because he's bald. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> draw some parallels to George Costanza as well. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Um, he gets a he gets a flashy new assistant. He gets a new job, and eventually is found out by Smithers because Smithers is resentful of Homer's new success and mm-hmm. new love of uh, uh, from Burns. Mm-hmm. And things go back to the status quo. Now, this uh, assistant character is one of your favorite one-off characters. Absolutely. Why? Um. So this is Carl. Yeah. Carl is uh, Homer's assistant that he gets. The magical gay friend. That's, you know, pretty much. Uh, played by Harvey Firestein. Mm-hmm. I learned that earlier today, mm-hmm. how to pronounce it. Thank you, Greg. You're welcome. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's he only appears in this one episode. He was supposed to appear in a late episode of the series, Three Gays in a Condor. I, in a condo. Three Gays in a Condo. It's supposed to be like three days of the condor. Yeah. yeah. Weird. I don't know. It's whatever. He was supposed to appear in a later episode, but Har- Harvey Firestein uh, declined. Um, that being said, because of that. For obvious only... reasons. Yeah. Because the that script he's... was poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's only appeared in this one episode. And so, yeah, there's a long storied list of one off characters in The Simpsons that I love, and he is definitely one of them. Uh, possibly my second favorite. Not 100% sure. Even above. Frank Grimes? Frank Grimes appeared again. Oh, did he? Yeah. When? He doesn't have a line, though, does Technically, he? his son does, but it's pretty much... That's him. his son, Yeah, though. it's pretty much... It's, it's, it's Frank still Grimes, Grimes character. Jr. All right, anyway. All right? We'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> when we get to Homer's enemy. Um, Frank Grimes is obviously up there. Uh, so and Scorpio. that episode has a great duet at the end. I don't care. Between Bart and Sideshow Bob. You... I... You... I don't care. I have come to the defense of that episode, and I feel dirty. I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> that episode is terrible. Good. Um, no, I just I th- I think I love the character because I just love his relationship with Homer. Um, I love that it's clearly a gay character who's never explicitly stated to be gay mm-hmm. and uh, does things that at that time was unheard of for a primetime sitcom. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and there's just something there's just something really great about his his uh, relationship with Homer, like how he just for no reason seemingly loves Homer and is just like I like will do anything for him. Well, the thing is, he's the he's an executive assistant, mm-hmm. right? And he considers it his job to be there for his employer at all times. It is his sworn duty as an executive assistant to do that. He's so charming. He's super charming. Um... And his, the voice is perfect. His like, voice is so great. Like, Harvey Feinstein's voice is perfect for that. Role. It's such a unique voice, right? Yeah. And if, if like I wandered in my life, I would do anything he told me to do. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like... A, He's great great at motivating. One of, Yeah, one of the... the his, his opening scene is one of... not If not the best scene in the, mo- in, in the, in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, when he 
finally gets Homer to declare that he is like nature's most beautiful animal yeah. or whatever. Um, and, and he's like, I'll need three weeks vacation and what is it, my own moving expenses. And moving, moving expenses. expenses. Yeah. You got it, you buddy. You got it, buddy. <laughs> they immediately go shopping. Let's go shopping. <laughs> it's so great. And they go to uh, Royal Something for the uh, obese or gangly gentleman. <laughs> A great Simpsons uh, sign gag. Sorry, uh, what would what would what would that be? A stop the tape gag? Stop the tape. Very good. That's what we do now. <laughs> I think I was here for that. Yeah. We were here for that. Is it when you like hit pause so you can read the sign? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah when you hit pause, so you can read things. Repeated what James said. I do. I do that. <laughs> the advertisements in The Simpsons are impeccable. Oh They're man, so great. They're the best. They're absolutely the best. Um. So, we, we we kind of uh, we I'm I'm glad we I'm glad we got the like the the basic synopsis out of the way because now we can go like through like the the best parts sure. of this particular Let's episode. Talk about him waking up with hair. There it is. <laughs> Homer's morning run is so funny. It's so funny. Um, Subtle parody to "It's a Wonderful Life." Of course. Yes. Good morning, world. He's got a running through town saying, huge you know, head of hair. Why don't you get a haircut, you damn yeah, hippie? Was that Mr. Mr. Win- Winfield? Mr. Yeah. Winfield, who's still alive. Yep. Yeah, still he's there. still around. I thought he was dead by now, honestly. No, nope, they move away before they die. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, when, I when honestly, Laura, Laura moves in. No, I know that, but I honestly thought Mr. Winfield was gone before that episode happened. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, I forgot. So, we will find out. We will find out if that's just something I made up. Or if it's an actual thing. Corrections and omissions. And he runs into a guy who's been experiencing the exact same thing. And then they hug. They hug and high five. And, and they have the same um, bath robe. They do. Sleeping Moo-moo. robe. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I look like, an, like a freak. Just give me a moo-moo. Just <laughs> Um, oh, right, I was going to ask if either of you guys know, the hair doctor, mm. the guy who's selling the Damoxanel. Mm-hmm. Oh, the voice? No, not the voice, but that character, does he ever come back? I don't think so. Or is he just a one-off animated? Do the Simpsons ever have doctors that, like, are well-regarded by the creators of the show? Dr. Hibbert. Hibbert. Is he the only one? Well, he's, like, he's, 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 he's the competent doctor. Right. Yeah, he's a parody like of Cosby. Everyone else is a, is a quack. Pretty much, yeah. 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 I mean, you, you know, if you look at it, like, Dr. Marvin Monroe isn't a quack, per se. Yes. He's just a psych, psychiatrist or whatever, which it seems like the writers may not gotcha. take kindly on that and profession. Mar- Marvin Monroe as well. That's that's who he just said. Literally, what I just said. There's also there's also Marvin Monroe. I'm thinking of Doctor Nick. There's also Marvin Monroe. There's Marvin Monroe as well. What did I say? And he (laughs) and making fun of me. And (laughs) oh, like late in season ten, Marvin Marvin Monroe. Yeah, (laughs) of course he dies. He dies. But then Marvin Monroe. Luckily, Marvin Monroe is there. This is an episode of Two Bad People. Picking on their friend. <laughs> oh yeah, we do this every episode. I guess. <laughs> Gang up and attack. Yeah, they know what to expect. It uh, um, makes us. It's a defense mechanism. It's true. We're just lonely. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, so, yeah. I don't know if this uh, 
Hair guy shows up again. I don't, I don't I, think so. I can't remember him, but like it seems like a kind of a waste because he's pretty funny. I like him. Yeah, I like how he, you know, he does the like. No, I can't do this for you, and then turns on the music yeah. <laughs> in case someone's listening. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and meet says me meet me out. in the alley. He reminds me of like a Saul Goodman character. Yeah, totally. I like him. Ah, yeah. Um, it would be right at home in The Simpsons, I think. I, I absolutely. Saul Goodman? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, Lionel Hutz, Lionel Hutz is kind of, of Saul Goodman, yeah. Yeah. In a, except Saul Goodman is capable. Yeah, right. Saul Goodman can actually do a job, Yeah. right? <laughs> um, and also Lionel Hutz. I don't. I honestly think Lionel Hutz might be more of a felon than Saul Goodman. Entirely possible. Yeah. <laughs> we know very little about his personal Miguel life. Miguel Sanchez! <laughs> <laughs> no, money down! <laughs> Oh, what's this bar <laughs> association logo doing there? And I can keep this rusty birdcage. Deal. Still got it. <laughs> uh, we should just do a Lionel Hutz special episode. We're I talk about him all the time. We probably will. Like maybe like a Phil Hartman special. Yeah. Yeah, they'll like we'll we'll probably in memoriam. Probably episode. we'll probably do that at the end of season nine when we get to season nine because that was the That's last when he exits. Yeah, yeah, it was the last season he was featured in. Unfortunately, and that's honestly where I consider the golden age to stop. Oh yeah, right? as soon as Phil Hartman dies. Yeah, it's for me. It's as soon as he comes in, and then as soon as he's gone. Huh. It's yeah. just it, it's just a it's a coincidence that it happened that way, right? Or is it? I don't know. I don't know. Because um, he's going to come in later on in this season, and I'm very excited nice. about that. Yeah, uh, when Bart gets hit by a car by Monty Burns. By Monty Burns. Yeah. He's Monty Burns. <laughs> I'm Monty Burns. <laughs> His friends can call him Monty, but you call him Mr. Burns. <laughs> burns, 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 burns. <laughs> burns! Um, the, uh, the singing telegram is uh, just another example, I think, of why you like Carl so much. I love that guy. I... <laughs> That's not that, that good. Moment, that moment's great. Yeah. Well, he's great. Are you kidding me? He's the <laughs> you best singer. Are so... He like gets a little choked up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I also love how he, <laughs> when he arrives, he says, "Happy anniversary, Mrs. Homer Simpson," <laughs> because Carl doesn't know his wife's name. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I never thought about that, but that, that's that's really that's great. Um, I think we have a first in here mm. because the barber comes back. Ah, right. He comes back in in other episodes when the whole, when oh, yeah, when they get yeah. their haircut. I guess he's never a major character at all, but he's a, the barber, and this is the first time we see him because mm-hmm. Homer needs to get his haircut for the very first time in years. Yeah, all of a sudden everything goes so well for him. And then we have one of our first moments where we finally see Burns as what he truly is and what he will become to this series. And <laughs> also my favorite joke of the episode. I which think, one? Where Homer starts his speech and he says, You'd call me crazy if I set fire to this dollar bill and Mr. Burns stands up and yells, You're Wait, crazy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this this penny pinching <laughs> overlord vulture tyrant. And the only reason he promotes Homer is because it's in the union contract that he hates so much. Right? <laughs> oh my god. It's 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 amazing. It and his old timiness. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like he represents like he represents everything that the creators, or at least the writers at the time, saw of 
corporate America or big business, right? <laughs> and uh, he would continue to do that for a decade. Um, when he becomes that, he becomes my favorite character. Oh for yeah, all time. <laughs> yeah, uh, Monty Burns is one of the best um, secondary characters on The Simpsons. Like not in the not in the family, like outside the family. Like they, he is one of the best. He's probably in more. He's probably in more episodes than any other secondary character. I would assume. Yeah, I would say that like him, Mo, Krusty, mm-hmm. probably yeah. the, the ones top that tier. yeah the the top tier secondary ones. Um, Mo, just as a matter of coincidence, Smithers, as a matter of coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably like who have their own stories. Maybe Apu is another one. I Apu poo that notion. You poo poo that notion. I Apu poo. Okay. Play on words. Right. I didn't get it. Um, this brings us to um, one of my favorite lines from Lisa from season ah, yes. one and up to this point. Um, when uh, Homer is asking his children what they want with their newfound riches and glory, Lisa replies with an absence of mood swings and some stability in life. Just <laughs> great. And Homer says, uh, how about a pony? <laughs> okay. One of the one of the great meta jokes I've seen on TV. Because <laughs> she's commenting on her father, right? Is that what she's commenting on? Like I thought her... just like the the nature of the, the television show, kind of. Like... Yeah. Some stability in life. That would be good. Yeah, in the nature of the television show. Um uh, I just remember, like, we all just had a good laugh at that one. Yeah. That was for one way or another. I think, for me, it was mostly it was coming out of Lisa's mouth. And I just love it when she does that. When she says things like that. And just kind of, like, has a drop the mic moment. Yeah, and just has a blank face as she says it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, uh, Yardley Smith always delivers it with such deadpan clarity. And yeah. it's just wonderful. Um, so... I also found it funny that the downfall of Homer and the reason why he loses his hair in the end is naturally because of Bart, but it's because Bart wants to be a beatnik. <laughs> like, well, I think it's he wants to have facial hair. And the, the only thing he can think of to do with it is become a beatnik, yeah. is my point. It's like real, daddy-o. <laughs> the coolest thing you could possibly be. Yeah. I mean, come on, guys. When you were a kid, that's what you wanted. Didn't we all just like, want to right? be a beatnik? But it also reminds me of, of how in the 90s, it seemed like when I was growing up, the coolest instrument you could possibly play was the saxophone. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, I, I you, went through that. Yeah. Clinton. Yeah, Bill Clinton played the sax. <laughs> also, President of the United States. Yes. You may have heard of him. <laughs> I'm still thinking of like Michael Jackson uses a lot of saxophone in his, his pop. Doesn't also, he? there's um, there's a I Baker Street. It, probably. That Jerry Rafferty song? <laughs> of course, yeah. yes. That gem. There's the Careless Whisper. Careless, yeah. And, uh, and then you're forgetting about the beginning to Goof Troop. Oh, yes. Well, oh, I never forget about the beginning to Goof Troop. <laughs> you don't tell me about the beginning of Goof Troop. <laughs> I'll tell you about the beginning of Goof Troop. I'll tell you about the... Uh, I'm from the Goof Troop. I belong in the Goof Troop. I was raised in the Goof Troop. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's buddies, there's pals. I'll always be around. Go to the goof troop. Shoop-a-doop-bop, bop Yeah. <laughs> Ducktails. Woo. 
That's a different show. I like that show more. If you All right, well, watch this show. It's DuckTales. <laughs> Come on, kids, and grab the remote. It's DuckTales. <laughs> Yeah, see, it was easier to replace the lyrics to turn the volume up now. We're gonna go on an adventure. They didn't rhyme very much, but. <laughs> oh, Duck Tales. Get Did it? You... Comedy. Yeah. It... It's, it not wasn't... T- it's not just tales of ducks. No. It's. If they're actual physical tales, yes, too. They're always on display as well. Yeah, because they don't wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than Pantsless Ducks, <laughs> their other title. <laughs> <laughs> you just imagine the, the, the pitch meeting. Just, the guy runs into the room and he goes, "Guys, Disney, shut up! I have I, no, shut up! I have the best idea for a new for a new spin on the whole duck thing. You guys are into everyone that. looks at Walt Disney with fear, and he's just like, "I'll allow it." Good, thank you, Walt. It's, you see. It's called. It's about. It's about. It's about Huey, Dewey, and Louie, right? Uh, Donald's. Uh, Donald's. What? Nephews. 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 Because his brother's dead. You work so... here at Disney with me. I think you would know. Yeah. The, the well, characters. Well, what happened to Donald's brother? He's dead, right? He's dead. We never talk about it. Okay. We don't, we don't talk about it. No All right. So for some reason, Donald's mostly out of the picture, but so they have to go with their uncle Scrooge. Yes. You remember Scrooge? Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Yes, Scrooge McDuck. It. So. They're gonna go on uh, adventures, and we're gonna we're gonna tell the tales of these ducks, and we're gonna call it pantsless ducks. <laughs> pantsless ducks. Pantsless ducks. Because they never. Because they don't have pants. They, they never wear, wear pants. pants. I'm gonna give you my honest opinion. Okay. I like the idea. Mm-hmm. I don't love the title. Okay. What what would we call it other than pantsless ducks? It doesn't make any sense without. Duck butts. That makes more sense. I like that. Hold on, hold because on. Because you can see their duck butts right, in Walt the air. Walt Disney brain is working at overtime Walt's here. Thinking. Oh, Walt's thinking. What is on the duck's butts? Feathers. Uh, feathers, yes. Um, feather duck. Keep going. Feather duck. Feather duck butts. Feather duck butts. No, feather they're, duck holes. They're, they're long. Duck holes. Duck, they're long. Duck they're protruding. Holes. Duck. Protrude. Protruding. Tail. Oh. Fin. Tail. Hold on. What did ah. you say? Tail fin. Remove the last part. Tail. Add a... Make it plural. Tails. Duck tails. You've done it again, Walt. <laughs> Woohoo. Now let's get on to our, <laughs> our next television show about Chip and Dale, which I want to call Go Save Them, Squirrels. <laughs> this is going to be a barn burn. I got another one night. for the ducks. This time, it's about... We're going to do a spinoff of the Mighty Ducks, only this time, the Mighty Ducks are going to be ducks, actual ducks, from outer space, and they're going to be aliens, and they're going to actually play in the NHL, and underneath the ice in the NHL rink is going to be their spaceship that they go fly around on for adventures. I'm going to call it the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. We're going to buy a hockey team. Oh. (laughs) This meeting has gone crazy. (laughs) And it actually, that all happened. That, yeah, that was a That's that was a real a, delve I into when the ducks came around and like, oh yeah, they're alien ducks. Yeah, they've got like a duck shaped spaceship. Yeah, they have a duck shaped spaceship and like they had powers they were, and stuff. And they were mighty. Right. And their and their goalie was zero, like his number was zero zero, mm. huh. and it was weird. You're not allowed to have that. No, you're not. Why not? I don't know. I want that one. <laughs> Be good enough at hockey, and they'll give it to you. 
Mm. No? You're good? Did Gretzky have 0 0? No, he had 99. <laughs> yeah, it's one away from 0 0. When you think about it. Uh, I guess so. Because yeah, they can't so. fit 100 on the jersey. Yeah, so we use that like Y2K. Do we you have anything more to say about Samson? <laughs> Samson and... Uh, yes, I actually do. Um, Samson? I wanted to... Samsonite? I wanted to bring up the uh, wonderful moment with Marge singing to Homer to make him yeah. feel better. Yeah, that was himself. cute. Yeah. And then he sings along, but like, yeah. <laughs> changes the lyrics. I am so beautiful to, to you. <laughs> I actually can't think of another married couple on a sitcom that I think have as much chemistry as those two. Mm. I love them. Mm-hmm. They're really great, and they're and, and the thing is, their sitcom relationship isn't about tearing each other down. Yeah, it is in fact the exact opposite. Yeah, right. Like she looking at you, Al Bundy. Yeah, um, or like any any '90s sitcom with that involved a married uh, that involved a married couple. Um, like the, the man's always doing something stupid, and the yeah. woman's always like, "Hey, mm, what are you doing?" And they're like, "Oh, I'm just being a man." But do meet baseball. Yeah, what's that Louis <laughs> joke with the beer? Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> Why'd you do that? The, the opener's right in the drawer. Yeah, but the counter's right there. <laughs> Louis, I love you. <laughs> why? Why did you say that? Why did you say that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that another food delivery? No, that's Joel. Um, He's going to Pops. I was hoping it was dessert. Nope. You have so much else to eat. I but I have been talking. <laughs> it's cold now. <laughs> it's still tasty though. My penis, man. Was there something else you wanted to say about? What, uh, what about my penis? The the end of this episode. Um, I just thought it ties in nicely to what you were saying about mm. uh, sentiment, like the like the like the emotion of the show being tied. Right into the actual story, yeah. Right, it's not there to really manipulate you or anything. It's just a natural thing that um, a, a loving wife would do to try and help her husband, right? Like a like a good couple supports each other in their moments like that. They don't tear each other down, right? When they are like when they're truly vulnerable, like Homer was at the yeah. end of that. Marge did exactly what she needed to to make her husband feel validated. And they could have gone the other route. You know, there's there's some easy jokes there they easily could have gone for. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just wanted something else. Yep, they did. And they got, they got a really good joke out of it that was in character for the both of them. And it was Homer singing back to her. Yeah. Right? It's really great. And like that's funny. That's really funny. Like I was, I was like, oh, this is really moving. And then I started laughing because yeah. it's really sweet and funny and in character and just, I mean, thank it, you, Simpsons. I don't know if it's written, but it's it, it felt improvised, which is great. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. that's that's a great. That's a, always great when it feels just so natural. It could come from nowhere. Yeah. Right. It just comes out of the moment. It's just, it's yeah, really great. And, you know, it doesn't hurt that Julie Kavner, uh, as she performs Marge, is not a great singer. Um, but it, she it performs makes... it, it makes it so much more warm yeah. and <laughs> loving, I find. Yeah. Her singing always just endears me to Marge. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> what was, what's, the, what's the opening line of her morals song? Morals and ethics and carnal <laughs> forbearance. <laughs> 
I'm just about to not Julie Cavender's voice. So it's really funny. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, that's the last thing I really want. It's the last part of the episode. That's really all I wanted to. Uh, notable in this episode, a man kisses another man. Oh, that's my favorite joke. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <laughs> that was my that was my favorite joke. It was like my mother always told me never to kiss a fool. Oh. And he kisses him, and all Homer says, "Carl." Oh. <laughs> and I was just like. You don't bring any more attention to it than nope. that, and it's perfect. It's just like beat done. Yeah, and I love how Homer's reaction is just like, oh, like oh my, oh but my. but not like repulsion or anything like that. Like but flattered. also not like worried about what this means. Yeah. You know, it's nothing. It's not like the Homer's phobia episode where he, you know, because yeah. I, I, it it could be argued that he's just oblivious to the fact that Carl is probably gay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like that he's just like he he likes Carl so much and Carl's done so much for him that he's just like he's just like like oh like kind of taken aback but then he's like go get him Tiger yeah. and he's just like ah like he's ready to go and it's yeah. great. It's... It reminds me of that great joke where uh, someone says, you know Homer he prefers the company of men <laughs> who doesn't. <laughs> No, Homer. John is a homo. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sexual. <laughs> so on board until she finishes this, the word. A homo. Uh-huh. <laughs> great episode. It. Oh, it's great. Hot soup coming through. Hot stuff. Hot stuff. Sorry. Because <laughs> he's, well, he's carrying a big like vat lava. of molten lava. <laughs> So I figure he said hot soup. Yeah. Okay. Nice. You can understand where I would have. I can understand it. I just, that. I just uh, want to make Treehouse of Horror one. <laughs> Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, this is the first. Sorry, what? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> what was that? It's Treehouse episode. Yep. Treehouse of what though? It's a feeling. You said it. Horror. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number one. It's just called The Simpsons Halloween. <laughs> He's so bad at me. He's so mad. mad. Do you get to quit this episode? (laughs) I might. I'm on my way. Because I usually quit. I'll probably have to say that word many times, and I'm sure you'll correct me every time. Yeah. And one, I'll snap. I mean, at least one. Snap. At least once a season. (laughs) So. So this is the first instance yeah, and of this now tradition. And yeah. Marge steps out to warn the viewing public. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Which, <laughs> is, which is also a tradition for the first, like, four or five. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's hosted by a different member of the family. Yeah. And, and they basically say, warning, this episode might be scary. Right. Because they, I think they realize, even though their audience isn't entirely children, yeah. there's obviously going to be a lot of kids who want to watch the show. Yeah, this was the early 90s, and it's a yeah, cartoon. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Yeah, they wanted to be sure, because this is basically their excuse to go crazy, murder people. Full animation. Yeah, just do whatever they want, because it's not canon. No. Um, quick side note, or sidebar, did you know that a recent episode of The Simpsons had Kang and Kodos appear in canon, in a non-Halloween episode? What? Are you kidding? Yeah, if, if I didn't already think the show was garbage <laughs> right now... Uh, that would be the moment where it would just be in unforgivable. Uh, what and I read a review about it. Uh, it was like one of the first episodes of this current season it's in. Mm-hmm. I read a re- AV Club review of it because mm-hmm. it gave it an F. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? Like, what could have happened that gave it an F? And I read it and I'm just like, wow. Kang and Kodos. Kang and Kodos come and like kidnap the Simpsons and they fly into outer space and it just goes full 
uh, ridiculous. Like they and remove Kang and Kodos. It's, it's not, not a Halloween tree. special. No, they remove Kang and Kodos from that world, which that was always the tie mm-hmm. to the Halloween specials. Mm-hmm. Is Kang and Kodos were the like even in- if, indicators that this is a Halloween special? Even if it just zooms out and they're commenting on it, yep. like and they're like they're essentially the Statler and Waldorf of <laughs> the Halloween specials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a great episode. Uh-huh, like yeah. that's a really good episode of the of, of a Halloween special, right? Um, and this one actually might be my favorite Halloween special. Yeah, really. Oh. Yeah, it's got one it's of my favorite good. segments ever of all time. I'm gonna take a guess and say it's the last one. Of course, of course, of it, course is. it is. Of course, it is. Both the Raven. Nevermore. And it, that's also it. Also has my favorite joke in that segment. Um, hey, which is what? Um, quoth the, take thy beak from out my heart and thy form from off my do- door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Why you little? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> when they like break the and Dan Castellaneta just murders it. He's so oh, yeah. good He's... in this segment. Take thy form from off my door. <laughs> Take thy beak from out my heart. <laughs> um, the man who came to be dinner, season twenty six, episode ten. Oh, which is uh, the book uh, that they pull out of Kang Codus that uh, says like to cook humans or whatever it is, is a reference oh. to a famous Twilight Zone episode. That's right. Uh, to, to serve, serve man. man, yeah. Where someone finds a cookbook on board a ship. Yep. The first of many Twilight Zone references in the of course. Of yeah. horror. Yeah. yeah. But I was pretty excited for that one. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> you um, a cookie or something? When I finally saw that no, Twilight Zone episode, I thought, college. Simpsons! <laughs> As I did thousands of times yes. throughout my youth. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's break it down. So we yeah. have three segments here. Starting with the great setup of the kids telling scary stories. This is a great way to say into it. Which is where the title comes from. Exactly. Nowadays they're not in the treehouse. Yeah, no, not even a little. They don't even set it up. I don't think I don't think even in the second one are they in No. Never again are they in a treehouse. Really? Yeah. It's kind of a waste, I think. Like the treehouse is great. Well it's a great it's a great setup, but they wanted more uh, uh, in betweens whatever I can't remember what they call them, but the stuff in between. Right. Because there's only so much you can do with them sitting in the treehouse and having those in-between segments. I guess so. So there's, there's, some, there's some really creative stuff later on. Like, uh, Conan O'Brien wrote, wrote one of them. Okay. Where Bart's uh, walking through a, a painting gallery. Oh, yeah, the, the, the painting gallery is, yeah. is really great. I do remember one where there's a Halloween party and Bart is dressed as Alex DeLarge. Yeah. 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 That's, I think that might even be the second one, like the one in season three. Oh, really? You'd know. You have my DVDs. Uh, I want that one. <laughs> um... So James Earl Jones appears in each segment. Yeah, as He's great. Um, some just great characters like the um, moving like man. the moving man, <laughs> a buck. I'm glad this house is haunted. <laughs> um, and we have our reference to Psycho, of yes, course. The house. The house is designed after the house in Psycho. It's even on a hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was the Adams family house. It might be the Adams family. Well, like the, it's an old Victorian manor. Or something, Actually, right? maybe it's the Amityville house, or maybe it's I think, the it's, I think it's an amalgamation, or maybe it's the okay. house on Haunted Hill from House on Haunted Hill. No, because maybe it's it the is house of the Rising Sun. Maybe by the Adams. Maybe it's the house of the dead. Maybe Ooh. it's House MD. Maybe it's Hugh Laurie. 
It, that's the one. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Alan. It's Thank you, Lori. You. We found it. We dug around and we found it. Um, Bart, when the house asks, uh, when the house tells him to kill people, are you my conscience? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, really great. And it also there's also an exorcist reference in Maggie's head spinning around and around and around. Um, just some great little horror. And it's built on an Indian burial ground, which is a poltergeist reference. That is my favorite joke in this segment. Okay. Because it is only famous Indians are buried in the basement, like Sacagawea, Pocahontas, and Geronimo, and Mahatma Gandhi. Uh, including Gandhi, which makes sense because it's Bart's story. Right. Right. And Bart wouldn't know the difference <laughs> between Gandhi and Pocahontas. Native Americans, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I just I found that just a delight. Yeah. Um I loved the I loved Harry Shearer's voice as the house. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it was really great. Um, also because a lot of times he'd just be breathing really heavily. Yeah, <laughs> it's this like wonderful little nuance to it where you're just like, this house is alive and it's breathing right now mm-hmm. and it's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. I really loved that the animators seem to be having a lot of fun, which I don't think they get to do a mm-hmm. lot. No. Uh, but they're actually really creative in some of the ways they do things. I love the hues changing colors. Yep. Like it was really atmospheric. I even noticed in a couple of the other episodes how they denote other times of day, not just with darkness, but with using purples mm-hmm. and blues and stuff, which looks really cool. Yeah, and I think that's uh, another point of doing these uh, trios of horror, um, <laughs> is that they uh, they also give the anima- animators free range, right. more or less. Uh, you know, where normally it's like everything needs to look realistic. In these mm-hmm. cases, like, no, we can do whatever, like, make the house breathe, make it move, and make the, like you said, the hues change. Uh, when the aliens come in in the uh, second segment, uh, you know, their faces kind of turn green or whatever. And, yeah. and they're, they're just crazy colors yeah. all over the place and that. It's really cool to watch. Also, you're animating aliens. Yeah, yeah. Kang and Kodos must be really cool to animate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love their just, like, white line, which denotes their bubble that they're in. <laughs> <laughs> And whenever they need to open it, there's all of a sudden a little, yeah. little, thing, right? <laughs> little door you can open. Uh, that is also our first Kang and Kodos appearance. That's right. Also, Sarek the Preparer. Oh, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> the seldom Played seen, by James Earl Jones. Yeah, the seldom seen third alien. The cook? <laughs> yeah, the cook. <laughs> um, and it also it's, that's also our first um, example of... The, uh, I guess, seldom used but running joke of Homer overdoing it with the lighter fluid. Yes. On the barbecue. Yeah, he does it again in Lisa the Vegetarian. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but... With even more. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, uses... he throws, throws the thing away yeah. and pulls it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an example of the... The rake. Of the, the rake, rake. Joke. Yeah, it's yeah. the... So funny, it comes around again. Yeah. It's the cyclical nature of comedy. Yeah, and I know it's really hard. Just when it's very simple. You just squeeze it, and there's just a spread. <laughs> <laughs> so at first, he's just squeezing, and then all of a sudden, he's like, <laughs> just like. <laughs> you just think it's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, in this episode, it's funny because Lisa ruins everything. <laughs> Doesn't usually happen. No. Yeah. She's she's the one who like calls Kang Kodos and Sarek the preparer out on 
well, trying to eat them. I want like <laughs> I do wonder if the intention was supposed to be yes, they were kind aliens because obviously now, like knowing now, we know that they do try and enslave humanity and all this stuff, and they are painted as bad guys now. Yeah. But at the time of this writing, they didn't know they were going to be recurring characters necessarily, and yeah. so if that was the intention, or if it was supposed to be just a, well, they found us out, so let's like turn it on them and make them think that, that no, we weren't trying to kill you, and we were trying to show you wonders, and now you don't get to see them. But if, the, if by that logic, if they weren't doing that, like, uh, I don't know. They, they would have <laughs> just killed them. Good point. Uh... <laughs> Yes, they would have just killed. They don't need to take them back to Earth for any reason. I, I think it'd be funny, a funny, just, like, just weird, shot them out of the passive, passive aggressive way of <laughs> well, they are teaching them a lesson. Race, yeah, like, so like, like you could you could have so had, bad. yeah, like, you could have had wonders. You would have had the best time in the world. Now you don't get to. And they're just like, oh. And they're going to live with that, that for yeah, the rest exactly. of their lives. Yeah, exactly. And that's a, that's a much better revenge than, than just than shooting them out the, out the airlock. <laughs> that's right. Dead in 30 seconds. <laughs> But no, I, I do love that that idea of yeah they were they were just trying to be nice and yeah. Lisa's skeptical nature got her, got uh, ruined it for everything yeah, yeah. just because it's it turns on its head like the uh, the, the, tropes ho- the horror the, thing like yeah. the smartest one is going to get ahead yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the whole the whole sequence with the book is is fantastic yeah. oh it's just so absurd and and like I used to not really like it oh really because I was like oh this isn't really smart this is stupid but no it's just it's really just absurd i think when he says hold on there's still a little bit of space dust on there that's when it sells it for me oh yeah no this is funny when he (laughs) says when he says the word space dust it's that's the one but i felt the exact same way as a kid whenever they did that in a movie or tv show when they just explain it away with like something like space dust no you can't you can't just do that. It was the same thing in The Princess Bride where he says he built up an immunity to Iocane powder. Oh, yeah. Like, no, you didn't. Just for this occasion, come on. You just meant the writers made that up. And of course the writers made everything up. But it just bugged me. You know what? You, you this has been what? one of James's film rants. The, I'm going to go on one right now. Okay, this uh, is a great film I, rant. Because I got one. Oh, um, the exact same thing for me happened only way more recently than it should have. Um, I, lo- I You guys, we've been watching Game of Thrones together for years. Uh-huh. And when season two came out, I lost my goddamn mind when that shadow baby <laughs> killed Renly. I was like, I, I'd look over at Allie and she's read the books and, and I was like, what was that? What the fuck was that? Tell me now. And she was like, "I it was a shadow baby. What does that mean? <laughs> and I looked it up. I looked it up. There's nothing. There is nothing. I found nothing. And it's like, you cannot just do that when you explain everything else. Shit that we don't even need to know. And you don't explain this. You don't explain this. You hack. But Sorry. They, they've got the mm. rules regarding it. She can't just spit one out any time. There's certain things that need to be. But in they place never and... tell me what it is. I'm it's, supposed it's a, to be. It's an evil shadow. I'm assassin. supposed to be satisfied with evil shadow assassin. Yeah. Yeah, but dragons are the same thing. Yeah, dragons are. Exist. You can't Physically, explain dragons. Can't explain. How them. do the dragons get born? Are you guys ganging up on me here? Yeah. I'm just saying. My problem with Iocane powder is just as silly as your problem with Shadow Baby. It is. Yeah, you both have silly yeah. problems. And I don't have that. I got over that problem. <laughs> it is. I haven't gotten over it, obviously. Clearly. <laughs> obviously. I still think season two is hot, wet garbage. 
right, it's, well, it's the worst one. We'll save we'll save that for the Game of Thrones season five wrap up podcast. Two bad throners. Two bad throners. That was a groaner. Anyway. Nice. Nice one. Saved it. The Raven. <laughs> I love this. This is one of my favorite just segments of television mm. ever. Yeah. 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 From its uh, Edgar Allan Poe being credited as writer on yeah. the show um, to the ridiculous amounts of literary references um, to just how did how they got away with doing this in the second season of this show. Now I have a question for you guys. When you because you both had seen this when you were kids, yes? yeah, yeah. Did you feel the same way when you were kids? Did you love it as much as you do right now when you were kids? Oh, Certainly not it. as much. No. I knew it was something very special okay. when I saw it as a kid. Um, because it was essentially the first time I had ever um, heard something like this, heard language like this, right? When I first watched this this episode. Um, I was really young when I first saw this episode, mm-hmm. so it was like, yeah, it was, it was a shock to the system, and it was just like, I want to know more. Yeah, I felt the same way. I didn't really understand what all the words meant, but I knew that like something special was going on, and I was paying attention to like every second of it. And then there were obviously lots of little jokes in there to really like keep me involved. Uh, and also the, the like the film and the animation filming. The animation is really special. It is, yeah. Uh, the there's actually like a sense of foreboding in his gigantic chambers, and when he opens the door of his chamber, and there's nothing but just a long, never-ending hallway. That goes down and down and down and down and down. Something you could never really do um, successfully, I think, in, in in film or get the same exact tone out of it. Yeah. It's just a, yeah, it's really great, and it's and it's this this one is still this one feels like it's grounded in reality a little bit more because I mean he he never leaves the chamber, right? Mm-hmm. And and like, so they have to make that animation that much more sort of effusive. There's the part where he says where he says. Um, and each separate dying ember rot its ghost upon the floor, and like the smoke rises out and like curls around, and uh, it shows his chair outside in the in the winter. That moment is really great. Mm-hmm. It's Did you of... write that down? Did you? No, he just remembered that. You just remember that? Well, here's the thing: is I saw that episode so many times; it's been replayed so many times. And then when I started, I've had sort of a personal quest to memorize the Raven. Okay. And part of that love came from that episode, and whenever I read the poem, some of those visuals sure. pop into my yeah. mind. Make sure you don't get a notepad over there. Or... No, I don't. All right. <laughs> just really impressed. So I'm just, yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. Like the yeah, being able to create hallucinatory images mm-hmm. is something that this segment does really well. Um, I will say that when I was a kid, I did not like this segment. <laughs> that's fine. I I didn't I didn't outright hate it by any means, but I was just like. It, it was uh, it was very much a uh, you know oh, I just want to be funny, <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't appreciate what they were doing until I was older, um, which now I love like I love this segment so much, and I love the fact that it is pretty much word for word the Raven, aside from like little interjections. Uh, also, they cut out about a yeah they, they it, cut a it, they cut a bunch of it yeah, yeah. for time, but um, but I love that it's you know they didn't try and make it. You know, change Lenore to Marge, or <laughs> right. obviously you can't do that because yeah, I can't nice. rhyme. But, but you know what I mean. Like they they could have done that where they just took the Raven story or the idea oh, yeah. of the, uh, behind the poem and change it to make it Simpsons, um, and they do that only in the animation, pretty mm-hmm. much. And then the little little bits like you know why you little out, which I love. And yeah. something that I would love on its own without any 
uh, interaction with the Simpsons is just James Earl Jones reading The Raven. Mm. It's incredible. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his 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 voice obviously is one of the best voices in the business. Yeah, and it works perfectly for this segment. Um, that being said, Homer speaking oh. in the segment is also Homer amazing. Homer yes. speaking because the words of Edgar Allan Poe. It's it's great because Dan Castellaneta, man, I love that guy. I can never. <laughs> Like we're like this is gonna be ten seasons of us fawning over him. Oh yeah, <laughs> just just smooching him, um, because I love him. I think he's so he's like one of the best voice actors in the world, and this is a perfect example of that because mm-hmm. he's able to take the essence of the poem and the idea and still make it Homer saying all these lines. Yep, because it's vocabulary Homer would never say. Yeah, but he perfectly captures Homer's. Uh, mannerisms with it mm-hmm. and it just makes it so funny <laughs> and he even gets the he even gets the the like the some of those like falling noises yeah. that he loves so much he, he even gets some of those in there when he falls from the bookshelf <laughs> right oh man yeah like he knows he just like it took him a little while right to get the absolute Homer voice done oh, yeah. right but once he did, I don't think there was anyone in the show that true that 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 understood their characters as much as Dan Castellaneta un- understands Homer. Yeah, just in the way his vocal performance comes across. You can hear it just in no- maybe noises. maybe Julie Kavner. Mm-hmm. Um, like I I think they're they're probably on the same level. Of uh, like Julie Kavner obviously understand like she embodies Marge so incredibly well. If I ever saw Julie Kavner or like saw an interview with her, when I I have seen interviews with her, and it's like, how are you not Marge right now? Mm. Have you seen like she's she's in a bunch of movies? Yeah, James L. Brooks movies. I think yeah. she was in Terms of Endearment. Uh, probably. Yeah. I just saw Awakenings recently, and she's in that. She's in that. Yeah. There you go. She's a nurse. She's a very pretty nurse. Spielberg film. No. It's a uh, De Niro and De Niro uh, and Robert Williams. Robert Williams. I don't know. I can't remember who directed it. Okay, but. Some depressing guy, probably. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> James, maybe you remember the the line, but maybe you don't. But that's okay. But specifically, my favorite part is when he is getting really mad at the Raven. Yeah. And he's saying, and he like says, like, "Take thy beak from yes. out my heart. Yes, that's Take thy the one. form from off my." Door. Oh my god, I love it so much because the way he says it is just like, "Take thy beak from out my heart." <laughs> it's just. Oh my god, it's perfect. And they form from him. Quoth the raven. Never more. <laughs> <laughs> the delivery is just so spot on. Yeah. Never more, never more, never more. <laughs> Why, you little... Oh! <laughs> Best joke in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Best joke in the episode. Can we all agree? Yeah. 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 Great. Okay. Uh, uh, anything so else to say about... I got... Of I horror? got. I got really uh, nothing else to say about this particular... Episode. Uh, just that I love that Raven part so much. Yeah. Uh, so, that means our next three episodes we will be talking about are Two Cars in Every Garage and Three Eyes on Every Fish. Classic. Dance in Homer. Uh, and uh, Dead Putting Society. Uh, yeah, so I'm actually really excited about this. these ones coming up. What did we think about these episodes overall? Loved them. Massive improvement. Oh, man. It's like night and day, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Simpsons I know and love. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I always say Golden Years start in season three, and I stand by that. Mm-hmm. But I think because my mind's always there, I forget that there's some great episodes in season two. There sure are. Yeah. There sure are. I don't think they're all flawless, and I don't think they're uh, without criticism. Oh, any, yeah. any of them, I'd say. Yeah. But and that's why I don't put them in the golden years. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely. I I feel like they've found their footing and now they're perfecting it. That's right. They're they're oh yeah, they're like they're coming there yeah. and they're they're getting ready for the big for the big finale, <laughs> which is going to last for five or six years depending on how you look. And then they're going to get ready for the long plateau. Yeah, should have just ended at the fireworks factory, Should've guys. Done it. <laughs> Do you think that's uh, uh, where you'd like the show to have ended? The Itchy and Scratchy and Booty show? Um, no. I still would have... I, I still would be, like, remiss if I didn't have season nine. I think, in an ideal world, Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie show would have been the finale. Um, you know, the writing would be altered slightly to make it feel like more of a finale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a great way to go out, where it's like, the show is out of ideas. Yeah. How do we make it better? Let's add a new character. And so it's, you know, it's that whole meta commentary on The Simpsons that Itchy and Scratchy does so well. Yeah. And then it would end on that, it would end there, and they'd have the movie, which is You Only Move Twice. The plot oh, of You yeah. Only Move Twice in, that... in the movie form, yeah. and that would be the, the, the big and finale of the series. And it's 70 minutes, uh, and it, it's, it's 20 minutes of, of The Simpsons, and 70 minutes of Homer and Hank Scorpio interacting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> It's mostly just Albert Brooks, actually. Yeah. Well, it's 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 Albert Brooks talking to Homer and Homer reacting to it. Yes, it's like they they they'd have little cameos of Albert Brooks's other characters. Yeah, to to, to, to fill out the get cast. A full circle and yeah. yeah, like Jacques and Cowboy Bob, and Cowboy and, Bob, yeah. and um, um, Brad Goodman, Brad Goodman. Yes, yeah. can you imagine if Simpsons went the Futurama route though, of like they ended and then they just put out movies. Um, I I see what you're saying and uh. That's not no. what I'm proposing here. No, we no, can't I see that. Okay, yeah, because because the Futurama story is very different in that it was ended unceremoniously, like against their will. Oh, I see. Right. And then they were given the opportunity to make four movies, and right. so they did. Whereas what I'm saying is, they were on top. They could have chosen to end it the yeah. way they wanted it to, and then made a big big blockbuster movie that everyone would have went to see and loved, and the legacy would be perfect and not Secure. tarnished like it is now and you would have gotten a big black box set <laughs> filled with all nine seasons eight, eight seasons nine okay <laughs> <laughs> i agree with the only move twice thing that would have been an excellent movie yeah well that's what the, they had a bunch of episodes throughout the run that were often touted as maybe the movie plot yeah cam crusty's another one yeah oh. that's right that's yeah. right um and I think they went... And then they just like kept kept doing the show and they never had time to make a movie when they did finally have the opportunity to make the movie. They went with absolutely the wrong idea. They they went a little too big and silly. Yeah. Absolutely the wrong idea. It's a movie. We've got to make it big. That being the said, whole town's in danger. I don't hate the movie. I don't hate it by any means. We'll talk about it. Yeah. That's going to be, be our, our finale. Be our finale yeah. yeah. That being tuned. said, yeah. Stay thank tuned. you for listening to Two Bad Neighbors. My name is Alan. I'm Greg. And thank you to our special guest, James Wade. No problem, gang. And if you have a correction or an omission or a comment or anything you'd like to say to us, please email us at 
thehammockdistrict on third at gmail.com. That's thehammockdistrictonthreerd.com. That works for me. Anything else to say? Shall no, we... I'm good. Um, you know, have a bopping weekend. It's, it's going to be great. I regret asking you. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Do James, I, you got anything to oh. plug? Uh, I'll just second Greg's bopping comment. Okay, good. Fantastic. Everybody have a bopping time, and we'll boppin' see you later. That would be the worst time.